So, first of all, thank you for your time. I know it's really busy. No, no, my pleasure. So, you're a fellow Kiwi. I am. <laughs> How long have you been a chef? Um, since I was about 16. So, fuck. <laughs> 14 years. Thanks, mate. Wow, good job. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we, and you started off in New Zealand? Or? I did. I did. I started off in... Uh, I come from Hamilton originally. I started off there just doing, like, catering and stuff at the at the casino. Um, and then I moved to Wellington, worked at the Matterhorn and at... Um, yeah, yeah. And at uh, Fox Love before coming here. Yeah. I lived here for about five years. Um, worked for Raymond Capaldi and then at Circa. Uh, and then I moved over to Holland where I worked at a couple of one stars and did a year at a three star there and then came back and now I'm going to work with Scott. Wow. Yeah, and so, um, so he kind of recruited me from over there. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's wow. great. That's awesome. <laughs> Through mutual friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's really... Yeah. So, hang on to your tweezers there. Yeah. Very chefy thing to be doing. Oh, they, they give me a bit of support. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so what made you go to Holland? Because... Um, um, Often people go to France or London. Yeah, France or London are kind of the go-tos, aren't they? But um, I actually wanted to go to London. My missus is from Finland. We met back here. Mm. Um, So when her working visa expired here, um, we wanted to move to Europe. She wanted to go back to Finland, but it was a little bit too too extremely cold for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then I wanted to go to London, but she thought it was a little bit big. So we landed on Holland as kind of an in-between... Um, most people speak English so kind of a burgeoning food scene there a lot of like hmm, I mean there's obvious reasons why it's busy for tourists Mm. in Holland (laughs) (laughs) but um, over the last five years all the big museums have been redone Okay. so the Rijksmuseum the Van Gogh Museum um, and the other big one which the name escapes me at the moment um have all, the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art there, have all just been redone and reopened in the last five years. And so that's brought like a big wave of uh, tourists who are not there just for like the uh, drugs and prostitution thing. Yeah. Um, and that that uh, kind of demographic tends to have uh, more inclination to go out and eat at nice restaurants. So over the last five years in Holland, you've seen quite a big scene of like, especially in Amsterdam, a really beautiful high-end restaurant starting to pop up. Um, before that, it was mostly monopolised by uh, like high-end hotel restaurants. So there's a lot of kind of Michelin-style restaurants, but all in the vein of like a classic French, um, uptight, white linen kind of uh, hotel, uh, European hotel restaurant, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now there's starting to be more like restaurateurs opening... Like, you know, big venues that aren't, like, nine-table little uh, luxury places or um, independently owned restaurateurs opening, like, you know, little quirky restaurants that are starting to get a bit of attention and a uh, bit of love from the Michelin Guide. Nice. So that was kind of our motivation going there. That and the fact that, yeah, other than being in England, um, you could speak English there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of get through. So that was the motivation going to Holland. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it was great fun, man. Now I speak three languages. Yeah. Before I only used to speak shit New Zealand English. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. 
Zealand, you know, oh, like, man. languages don't seem important. You're no, they don't. And like everyone speaks at least. Uh, at that's least the thing, two, man. Like three. you'd never be able to go to a McDonald's in New Zealand and order in Dutch, and they're gonna understand. No. There, I mean, that's that's maybe being a little bit unfair describing a McDonald's worker as the lowest common denominator. But um, <laughs> maybe the people but, that go to McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but do you know what I mean? You can, well, that's yeah. me then. Um, but but you can roll into a McDonald's here, and the guy behind the counter is gonna understand. Uh, Dutch, Flemish, possibly German and English. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, and, and it's expected, do you know what I mean? So that was a beautiful thing in itself. And then getting, I mean, started off as a pastry chef and a one star there. That was great. Um, and then I went out, moved out to Zvola, which was like a tiny little town with a beautiful three-star restaurant. It was like number 31 in the world when I was there. Wow. Um, called the Delibraia. Um that was an amazing experience. They did everything themselves. They had their own farm. Uh, the massive dry aging chambers of meat and ducks, and um, we'd go foraging. We'd go catching eels and then serve the eels that night in the restaurant. Like beautiful, beautiful restaurant. Um, so I got to learn a lot about, um, and it, and also owned by two people. They'd just built it over thirty years, like a couple. Amazing. Um, so I got to learn a lot about. Uh, uh, management for one there and also just about uh, the importance of kind of produce and how yeah. the process that things go to that usually you don't always get to see you get to see this the end result yeah there you got to see a lot of the steps along the way which was really fascinating yeah and then I was when, ask yeah. about the foraging so I know that it's really big and um, in uh, yeah so. yeah it's really big um, yeah well I mean here you've got the luxury of a lot of beautiful ingredient uh, especially in summer like you've got all the lush tropical fruits and stuff like that and Holland is, is actually a very big farming country but um, in terms of fruit it's pretty diabolical outside of apples mm-hmm. um, in winter summer fruit you get like a little bit of you get a few berries and stuff but what they do excellently is greenhouse produce which yep. is not something that I worked with a lot there because it's kind of more an export thing it's more of a money thing yeah um uh, but what they grow great wild and and in their farms is like uh, like leaves. Um, so all of the things I don't know, a lot of things that you just kind of take for granted, like a, a rocket leaf or a piece of watercress, it's just packed with so much flavour over there. Okay. So that was, and yeah, that those are the sorts of things that we used to go forage for a lot there. Yeah, wow. Yeah, which sounds a bit dull, but when they're packed with so much flavour and they're yeah. so they're so close to it. It's all like estuary, and um, and you know, it's all it's all reclaimed land from from the sea. It's really low under sea level. It's all but reclaimed land. So like all those kind of shrubs that grow around near the water and stuff are really big and really prevalent yeah, now. Nutrient dense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, wow. Full right. of flavour. And is, is any of that stuff, all the things you learned over there, are you using them here or? For sure. It, yeah. For sure. Um, coming into, uh, I mean. It's been a pretty busy start. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, some of it's just been survival mode, but yeah. a lot of this uh, little, I, I, yeah, a lot of the skill set still remains the same despite it being a different environment. Um, it's just the attention to detail. It's the attention that you give your staff. It's the um, the way that you approach making a new dish. The, all those little parts all re- remain the same. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just about care. I yeah. think I think that's the major thing that you learn over there. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's very important too, isn't it? And I think there's a lot more, obviously, to being a head chef just than cooking. So you've got to, it's all those sure. things you just said. So yeah, and um, and and you're in the open here as well. So yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> got to mind your p's and p's and q's. Yeah, that's a little right. bit. <laughs> Can't be a shouty chef. Yeah, can you? yeah, exactly. Well, we try our best not to be. So you worked in with Scott to create <laughs> to create the menu. Yeah, sure. We um, yeah, sure. <laughs> we had um, we had like a lot of help also from. Steve Nairn, who's the head chef at yeah. ASP. So the three of us and, and Danny, our pastry chef, spent a long time in um, uh, like kind of R&D, I suppose you could call it, uh, and, and especially in production leading up to the opening of this event, of this um, restaurant. Mm. So that was before about 10. It has been. It has been. So we had about 10 or about eight or nine weeks before we opened. We were just, we had like all the rigs uh, set up, like all the fire rigs set up in a, in a warehouse out in Thomastown, just cooking, cooking hard. We had the ESP kitchen at, like early in the morning and late at night, so we would just kind of work weird hours where we'd start producing our stocks and sauces, a huge amount of pickled vegetables and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, um, um, I mean, it's got, um, <laughs> um, just um, yeah, trying to kind of fill the fridges ahead of time, to uh, so that we're not like so we can hit the ground running here, yeah. which we did. Luckily, not luckily, it's due to hard work. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's good you've got that whole team. There is a good team approach. So. Yeah, we've we've got. Well, I've been really lucky with, especially with the senior guys I've had around me. I've had Danny, uh, my sous chef Matt, who I worked with in Holland and New Zealand as well. He worked oh. with me in Matterhorn, so wow. we've known each other for about nine years. That's amazing. Danny, I've known for about nine minutes. Ah. <laughs> feels no, like, feels like nine years. it does, doesn't it? Um, he's got a great way of feel, making a day feel like three. Um, <laughs> um, and Tommy, uh, our other sous chef, um, who's in charge of our production kitchen downstairs, came from ESP. Um, he's been on the project longer than all of us, really. Yeah. Um, in different in different ways. Yeah. I've been really lucky to have that senior team around me. They're they're all absolute rock stars. Yeah. Really dedicated, really hard working, really organised. Mm. Just makes my job a whole lot easier. Yeah, wow. And did you cook with fire before in this way? Sure, not yeah, not on this scale. Okay. Not on this scale. Again, uh, like it's the same as as what we were saying before. It's like the the medium changes a little bit, but um, a lot of the skills that you learn earlier on in your career still remain the same. Mm. It's it's just that initial growing pain of. I mean, for one, controlling your fire. So having, like, being able to control the fire. So you've got, like, one part that's really hot, one part that's a little bit colder, and one part that, that's just, just gentle, gentle. And then you're also having a place where you're just loading up your charcoal throughout the night mm. so, that you, so that you've always got good charcoal to work on. Um, playing around with the different types of wood, all of them have very slightly different aromas. Some are very bitter at high heat. Some respond to high heat better. Um, things like that took a little while to get your head around, but we did a lot of that in um, in R and D. Okay. Um, and then we just kind of created cheat sheets, which we can hand to the guys when they start. Mm. Um, Sorry. Sorry. Do you want these put them through the juicer, or do you want them just juice by hand? No, don't put them through the juicer. You don't want the skin. Squeeze as much juice out as possible. You give us a, give us a feel how how dry have we got? No, it's all cleaning in there, huh? Yeah, just juice them, man. Just yeah. juice them. 
um, reduce yeah reduce that by half and weigh weigh that five yeah. percent sugar rub the zest into that yeah thank you um so I can't all, remember all where we were all man. the different oh uh, yeah so so all, all those little things they, they took a little time to figure out but we kind of tried to get those systems in place before the guys before we'd even opened the doors kind of troubleshooted where where there might be issues how we're gonna run these systems so that when the guys started because everyone started on the same day you know other than yeah. other than that senior team that I just li- listed yeah, off yeah. to um, everyone started on the same day so then we had to um, we had to have that information just ready to go for them so we could just instruct them not kind of like oh let's find out how we're going to do this no we had we had to have some concrete things we've tweaked little bits of the systems but most of it's just remained the same from how we thought it was going to run yeah. and that's just for taking kind of educated guesses and a little bit of calculated risk <laughs> but it's um, no, nah, it, it's it's really a growing pain of I think for a guy starting here, it's a growing pain of about a week, two weeks okay. before they're on top of how to control your fire. Yeah. But the mistakes have never been too huge. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Good. The, the worst thing that can happen, really, like the the fires don't just go out. No. Um, and I mean the worst that can happen is that you get kind of caught at the end of the night and you've let your embers die down. And then you get a, like a cheeky last check on, and yeah. and it takes a fucking while to cook. Yeah, yeah. It's not ideal, but as far as problems go, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're becoming less and less as the guys are getting more and more familiar with the rigs as well. It's yeah. just, it's, yeah. It was all the rest of your all the rest of your cooking technique remains the same. The big difference is there's no pans. Yeah. Like you can't baste anything or anything like that. But okay, okay. But we just get flavour into our food with different ways. We've got the most amazing seasoning in the world, which is the wood. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like you would have hit the ground running because it was so um, heralded before it opened. It was pretty um, busy. As, as anything that Scott opens is. Yes. Um, and, and what sort of volumes are you doing? Because you've got lunch services that seem to be really huge as well as dinners. Yeah. We're doing probably about 200 covers a day at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then more of Because we've got an event space downstairs. Um, and so that can pop up. I think on our last, last Saturday, for example, we did about 250 covers for the day. And it's really been like that since day like four. <laughs> it's yeah. been, it's been yeah, really busy. Hundred yeah, hundred fifty to two hundred covers a day. So how do you sustain that kind of thing? Because that's full on for you, and you're in charge of things. So your mind must be in lots of different places. Yes. Clearly, um, to get to where you've done, it sounds like you've had a really lovely pathway. I mean, no, obviously you've worked. No, really it's been hard, easy. But you've been, no, 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 it's been easy. easy. But no, no. Like, what I mean by that is you've worked in really good places all along the way. So clearly, you had something from the start, and you've sustained that so what do you reckon, what, are, what is it that, that makes a chef succeed the way you have uh, it's, it's about hard work and um, a little bit of self-belief I guess can't let you can't let kind of uh, I mean every every job is going to have a, it's little hiccups every restaurant has got it's things that kind of grind you the wrong way even working at a three star where you assume everything's going to be perfect after working there for six months you realise that little things are still repetitive you're still doing the same thing every day there's no like really over glamorised kind of thing where you're just like learning something every absolutely every minute every, every day and you just can't let that bring you down and you just got make a make a um, make realistic goals and try to strive to achieve them yeah do you know what I mean yeah yeah push yourself <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's about it yeah yeah 
I mean, I mean, well. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's a pretty important thing. But I don't think that's a step. That's something that's there or right. not. True. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So um. It's hard to. I, th- I think it'd be hard to yeah like learn to do that, or learn to love it or something. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. I see what you're saying. So you've got mm. that, and then you've got to bring the other stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, loving it, I think, is is probably the easiest part because anyone. But loving it after loving it after eighty hours a week is a lot tougher, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. that, 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 that's what separates that's what separates the, the oh, <laughs> Danny <laughs> fucking <Wow>. Danny no you're not you're on your third you had a break <laughs> fuck off <laughs> nice um, oh thank you absolutely my <laughs> I pleasure I think that's um, enough uh, I do... <laughs> it's enough cut out um, that last yeah, yeah, yeah sure um, 